Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Hey, Catherine. <laughs> I'm going to start today because uh, I had a super exciting and awesome weekend. I know you did your trail run. Yes, Race. I did. Yes. The Elephant Mountain 22K trail run. So how was did it? That. It was really good. I mean, it was, um, I was sore after, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been putting in the, the running miles for sure. So I felt really confident that I could get the 22 K part done. It was technical and there was significant climbing. So, um, I was definitely sore after from, from, you know, the technical part of it. Like there was a lot of uneven surface and rocks, which I loved. It kept, you know, it made it go fast really. Yeah. Um, and it was really well run, um, spaced out waved starts with only 10 people in each start, you know, buffs up and aid stations. And it just, it, you know, it worked for COVID. Um, so Tim went and, you know, he hasn't been training. So we went ahead and moved him from the 22 K to the 12 K and he thought he would just hike it. And, you know, the dude goes out and crushes it, which just, (laughs) of course, (laughs) I mean, like, I'm so glad because he needed that, but I was so flipping annoyed because I've been doing the work and then, but he's like, well, you also ran 10 K further than me. And that 10 K was where a big chunk of climbing and the, the technical stuff was, but anyway. And 10 K is a lot on trails. Like, you know, you can't, no, it was, it, it was, it was right at, I mean, they said 13 and a half miles. I had 14 miles and I stayed on course. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the discrepancy was there. I don't really care, but, um, I will, I'm going to, I want to go back again next year. It was a, a really cool area, Cave Creek regional park, um, outside of carefree Arizona. The weather was, I mean, 
you couldn't have ordered it. It was like 67 degrees, two mile an hour winds, sun. The wind was actually not cold, but cool. (laughs) This sounds like the perfect day. It, It was ridiculous. Like cool winds cooling you off when you would get a little bit hot. So, you know, running in a tank top in the middle of February when Kansas was, is 12 degrees or, you know, whatever it is right now. Yeah. Anyway. I feel like that's a good time of year for a trail race too, just because it kind of gives you something to motivate you over the holidays, but it's not so much time that you're like, all I do is. Well, you know, they had people out doing a 50 K and a 50 miler and, um, I was so stoked that the 22 K was the distance I picked. Cause it felt like just right, you yeah. know, finished. And I wasn't completely trashed for the rest of the day. Was able to, you know, enjoy, enjoy oh. it. How was your weekend? Well, my birthday was Friday. Was my yes. birthday Friday? My birthday was, was Friday. Friday. <laughs> I was in quarantine till Sunday. <laughs> All right. So, but my friends did such a great job of just making my birthday special. Like the most gorgeous flowers you've ever seen showed up at my house in the morning. And then like my neighbor brought me flowers. My parents sent me a a meal, which I haven't taken advantage of yet because I couldn't really taste or smell a lot. And then my friend, like Jenny's ice cream showed up and we did like a group call that evening. So, so I'm so grateful for people that got out of their way to make things special in weird times. Yeah. (laughs) So I, you know, was good, stayed home, even I haven't had fever. So it's 10 days from when your symptoms first show up. And then also you need to be 24 hours fever free, which I only Mm -hmm. had a fever for two days. So I was well past all that, even though I'm still having some fatigue. Um, So Sunday I was like, I'm free, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to run to the grocery store. And I go out (laughs) and I look at my tire on my car and it's completely flat. (laughs) This is what happens when you don't go anywhere for 10 days. Yep. So I had a nail in my tire and it being Super Bowl Sunday, I was like, I'm not, I'm just staying home. I'm not even going to try tonight. Yeah. So anyway, that it just made a funny start to the week. Cause I was like, well, flat tire, you know, I was like, I'm finally going to get back into my routine. And it just threw the whole Monday well, off. It's, it was, it was the universe saying you need some more time. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so there was nothing super exciting. I rode my trainer for 30 minutes on Sunday. Good. You know, I was like, I'm going to try a little super eat. It was like hundred Watts workout. And then I took a nap. Right. (laughs) It's for you. So, um, yeah, Celine had told me you really need to back off any kind of intensity. Like there's a lot of research with people that are very healthy and have very mild cases, but they could, they have heart issues or so you want to keep, you don't want to push that whatever's going on through your system anymore. So you got to think long game, right? The short game, you feel like, Oh, I need to get on my bike. I need to do X, Y, Z, but that's not the game you're playing when you're coming out of COVID you're playing the long game and you want to make sure that you take the recovery seriously so that you can, you know, be back to full strength health down the road and not still suffering from consequences of COVID. So, yeah. Yes. You know, take it from me. Cause I'm a doctor. <laughs> doctor 
You're a mom. It's the Sorry. same thing. I'm a mom. It's the same thing. We kiss boo-boos and they feel better. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so anyway, anyway, it wasn't, you know, that's my super exciting weekend. Well, <laughs> sorry. I feel bad now that mine was so. It's okay. It's okay. It, you know, I'm thankful that I had a, for the most part, a very mild case of COVID. Yeah. And, um, sure. You know, it, it's just, it's funny because another friend of mine that I actually ride with a good bit, she ended up, and I had not seen her, she ended up also having COVID. And then I ran into some other friends. And they ended up with it as well. So our theory is, our very scientific theory is, the UK variant is in Atlanta, and it's just spreading really quickly. Ah, uh, we don't know. <clears throat> we don't know. Well, our guest today, we have to address the COVID thing because she's part of the, or helping some with the the trans Grand Rocky Royale Grand Grand Royale. Royale. There we go. Gravel Sorry. Race. Yes. Yes. We cannot get across the border to do. As of now, I'm so bummed. Maybe by the summer. Maybe by the summer it looks better. But um, yeah, Canada takes things really seriously because you know Liv Feisty, who produce, who I work for now, and who produces our podcast. Um, we're talking about some gravel things, and I'm like, to Sarah, who's the CEO, I'm like, but I don't know if you can come across the border because if you go back to Canada, you they're very strict on their 14 day quarantine in a hotel. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but. This, uh, we get the scoop on this event yeah, and it sounds amazing. And we also find out, um, some interesting facts about grizzly bears. Yes. Which are <laughs> worth listening to <tour> for <laughs> grizzly bear tips. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and move to our interview with Krista Tricasso. 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 I'm really bad at saying names, everyone. Hey, Christy. Hi, Catherine. Hey, are you thinking about your 2021 gravel adventures? I don't know who isn't thinking of 2021 gravel adventures. I know. Well, I kind of have a new bucket list race. What is it? It is a gravel stage race right outside of Calgary, Canada called the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale. Have you heard of this? Um, you know what? I have. I think it sounds amazing. Four days four days of riding, 230 miles, 23,000 feet of climbing, and it's all in the Canadian Rockies. I think that sounds epic. Yeah, it's setups where they carry your tents, cook your food, and provide your medical support and more. And like set up a big party every night. That is the best kind of glamping right there. Yeah, it's really the only kind of glamping I will do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that. <laughs> And you know what's cool is they are holding early bird spots for women because they're really working to get more women on the starting line. So if people are interested, where do you think they should go, Christy? Uh, TransRockiesGravelRoyale.com. I bet that site's got all the information. I think it does. And fingers crossed we'll be at some awesome 2021 adventure soon. Well, welcome to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. I'm here with Christy. Hello. <laughs> and Krista. Hello. So we have Krista Tercasso. Did I say that right? Or did I already mess it up? That's right. Yes. Um, 
Krista Chercasso joining us from Canada today. And it looks cold up there, Krista. It's chilly. I think it's minus 25. That, and it's supposed to get colder this week, but which is not. That's, more a, that's, that's more than chilly. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. Like you're, you don't want to wear jeans outside right now. They freeze. Oh. <laughs> What does one wear outside when it's minus 25? Because that never happens in Atlanta. I'll, I'm just going to say. You got to wear some long johns and then um, some snow pants, probably. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work to go outside. <laughs> My poor dog would not be getting many walks. Yeah, the dogs have problems. They all, like Lots of dogs have little little, uh, little gloves on their feet. So they running and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cute. Mm. That is pretty cute. Yeah. Um, so Krista, the first thing I have to point out is I appreciate that there's somebody else's cat for once is like trying to make an appearance on the podcast. <laughs> it's under my computer right now. It's usually mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a troublemaker. So apologies if she jumps on the computer and stops the <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> I, I love seeing pets in the podcast. I mean, I know our, I know our listeners can't see them, but it always makes me smile when a dog or a cat walks around the screen. So yeah, it's entertaining. It's been entertaining through COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you start out telling us a little bit about yourself? I'm assuming you don't ride outside in conditions like this, but how did you get started in cycling? And you also own a magazine. So I'm all very interested in all those things. Sure. Um, actually, there is an avid fat biking movement that like this community is just taken over by a lot of fat bikers. And there's a grooming that happens in Fernie in winter. So a lot of people actually bike in winter. I don't. Um, I bike in the basement on my trainer. <laughs> but um, I got into biking and like I grew up in Fernie and biking kind of started when I was growing up here, but I just, I wasn't really aware of it. And actually my husband moved here around that time in the nineties and was biking. And I was always thinking, what are these people going to do? And they had mountain bikes and we're going up to the mountains. And I just had no, I was not aware of it. So I went away to university and eventually moved back here. And when I moved back, I started getting into mountain biking. And the first time I mountain biked, I said, I'm never going to, I'm never doing this again. Like, this is ridiculous. It's so dangerous. And I was so scared to go downhill. And um, so then I didn't do it again for a few years. And then a bunch of ladies here in Fernie kind of took me under their wing and um, like kind of forced me to mountain bike. And I, I started loving it. And then, um, I was working for a different company in Fernie and they were sponsoring the Trans Rockies. And so I went to a banquet as one of the employees and I saw the video of all the people in the Trans Rockies. And it was the original Trans Rockies. So they were, it was a point to point. And so there was a lot of gravel riding in those days, like, cause you were going from one community to the next on long, long back roads before getting to the, the trail networks. And I don't know why, but I saw that and I thought, I'm gonna do that one day. And so then a few years later, I did the Trans Rockies. I did a few Trans Rockies, um, and then um, then I had kids, and I'm, I'm, then that's I think that's around when I started getting more into a lot of backcountry biking from our community because we have a place out at the lake, and so my husband and my kids would head out there, and I'd say, "Well, I'll meet you out there." And we had, I had a backroads map, and so I would check like all the different ways I could go to the lake, and um, yeah, I used to just do that all on my mountain bike. And it was awesome. I loved it because then you could just see all these new places. And um, it just seems in the last few years, gravel biking has become more popular. And um, I was able to get my hands on a gravel bike 
just last year with uh, the beginning of COVID and I rode that thing everywhere last year. It was awesome. It makes it a bit more exciting than being on a mountain bike. So I kind of, yeah, I really enjoyed it and it's faster and yeah. So that's kind of my journey with biking. How old are your kiddos? Kids are now seven and five. Yeah. Awesome. So they've been mom. I've been, yeah, I've been continuing racing as well since the kids were born. So they've been to lots of different events with me. And two years ago, I guess in 2019, I did the trans Rockies again with the seven day and they came with me for the first four days. So they were like in the tent trailer, my partner, they'd be at the finish and be at the start. Cause it was all oh, nice. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I think they were kind of like, they couldn't believe I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit crazy maybe, but yeah, it was cool. Can you uh, tell the, tell us a little bit more about the trans Rockies? Cause it started, it was a mountain bike race at first and now they're this hmm. summer, they're doing the first gravel stage yeah. race. Correct. So tell yeah. us like about the mountain bike race. It's seven days, like give kind of the scoop. It sounds amazing. Yeah. So I, I don't even know how many years I've been doing it now. Um, it's been quite a long time. I think it started in the early 2000s, 2004, maybe. And it was point to point. So Inferni has been either the the start or the finish every single year they've held it. Um, and it would either go from Panorama to Fernie or Fernie to Canmore, which is in Alberta. And I mean, it's just epic. You go over mountain passes, big days, you know, the, the traditional way that's called the Trans Rockies Classic. Then they kind of created another race called the Single Track Six, which is specifically just mountain bike trails. And so then you'd race in a community and then they'd like shuttle you to the next community and then you do that for six days. And then this is the first year coming up that they're gonna be doing this uh, gravel royale. And so it's similar, it's shorter, it's four days and it's kind of similar to the classic, but um, there won't be um, like mountain bike trails. But some of the train that is in um, the 2021 route, we did a part, some parts of that um, in the 2019 Trans Rockies Classic. So it's so beautiful where we're going to be going. Some big days, some epic. I have to like get my hands ready because, you know, do you guys gravel bike that? My hands aren't quite used to like the, <laughs> the, the vibration. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have an important question. Do you see bears? Mm hmm. And what do you do if you see a bear? I saw, yeah, I think on gravel, I think when you're on a gravel bike, because you're on roads, I swear I've seen more bears since gravel biking than on mountain bike trails because it's more narrow and bears can easily just go hide if they hear you in the, in the bush and you, you kind of maybe heard something, but you don't necessarily see them. But yeah, last year, especially I was biking this different route to the lake and I was like a few hours in and I was like running out of all my like fuel and I grizzly bear and she was just like digging something in the side of the road and I had to literally turn back like a huge detour it took another hour and a half just to get to where I was going but yeah you don't want to miss mama <laughs> grizzly bear eating the side of the road yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with that no no, I just turned around, <laughs> texted my family. Okay, I'm gonna be a bit longer. Have some food ready for me. That that puts the that puts the dog challenge to a whole nother level. 
dog or beer bear which would i rather encounter on a gravel road <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Come across like dogs too yeah they kind of just chase after your tire mm-hmm. I, I don't know grizzly bear they they run very fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think if i were going uphill the grizzly bear would definitely win oh god yeah <laughs> on the, the ground <laughs> like i might get, get him on the downhill but yeah just getting out of its way sounds like a good idea i've only encountered a bear one time when i was training for something it was trail running and i came around the corner and it was standing in the trail and we looked at each other and we both like ran the other way so it was fine but it was just a black bear yeah yeah i think that's kind of funny i think that's funny too when you come across a bear on a trail it seems like you both have the same look on your face (laughs) turn around like let's get out of here so So, i mean i'm guessing then is a required checklist for doing this um grand royale is to carry bear spray i'm not sure it depends what are they doing like i know in the trans rockies classic uh one like i did it on a team so one person's supposed to be carrying bear spray because you just are so far out and remote um so i i could see it potentially being a requirement for the race just because you're so it's quite a distance between some of the um fuel stations or the aid stations mm-hmm. you can be out there by yourself for a long time what do the days look like you said it's four days so what's it comprised of so we're starting off in panorama which is a community in british columbia um and then we go from there to this beautiful place called nipica i think the days range from like 85k to like the last day is the biggest it's 140k it's quite a lot of climbing um Second day is nice. It's in this beautiful little area called Nipica. I think it's a it's gravel, but also some double track, single track stuff. So that would be kind of fun. And we're going to another town called. Um, then I think we're going to White Swan, and then we're going to Canal Flats, and then from Canal Flats, it's quite a big day all the way to Fernie. So yeah, it's going to be beautiful, and epic. It'll be I think quite hot. It's in August, so it's kind of prepared for all conditions. And then because you've done the, the mountain bike race, what Christy and I are very interested in, the fact that they move all your stuff for you. So what's like the, the camp experience or that, you know, evening experience like when you do one of these multi-day stage events? I know. I think that's, that's the best part about stage events is because you tend to kind of ride around the same people every day. And so you get to know people and they're all from all over the world. Um, like I've made, like the last time I did the Trans Rockies, I made friends from like Belgium and um, Amsterdam. And, you know, it's just wonderful. We're still, we you keep in touch with them. And then at the end of the day, you know, we, everyone talks about their stories from the day. And then you have this like dinner and they do the, um, every day there's a stage winners. So they do those awards and they do like a little kind of video just showing all the highlights from the day. And I don't know, it's such a community feeling. It's wonderful. And it's quite nice to just come, like you pick up your bag, you have a tent. Um, so all your stuff is there. And I, you have an option too of have, bringing your own tent trailer. So I tend to, especially if my family comes, we tend to kind of yeah. do that, bring our tent trailer, but we buy into the, the whole dinner thing and all the tent is pretty awesome, but. I did tent a couple days last the last time and it was just kind of cool it feels like a little wilderness experience you know I don't know it's pretty cool and this might be like a 
super just silly question, but how many pairs of bike shorts do you take with you for this? <laughs> that's well, a good question. You have to have a, you have to have a pair of bike shorts for every day. Okay. Like you cannot. That's the way I go. <laughs> you pair you pair outfit. You kid every day. It's like it's you can imagine how much you're sweating and it's like seven, <laughs> yeah. like seven hours and it's yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you're able to pack everything up every night, I think that probably (laughs) helps where you're not like having to carry it on you. Yeah, totally. It's different, right? Yeah. And this summer I'm planning to do a little bit more of some of that. Like there's a race locally here that you can do like 350K or 500 and you just start. And when you finish, you finish. You'd have to bring stuff with you if you wanted to sleep and whatever. So I might attempt that with the, the my trans rock is partner I did it with a couple years ago that so sounds be, fun yeah that'll be new for me but it's all kind of air it's a, like I looked at the route this year and I thought oh I, I know all of these back roads because it's really close it's close to our community it actually comes through Fernie so makes it a bit more familiar it'll be my first time like if, if we decide we might try to just pull through for like the 350k but if we sleep the first time I'll sleep out there and have you guys done that? Just slept somewhere on the back road? No. <laughs> because in Georgia, somebody would probably show up with a shotgun and be like, what, are you doing? <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I've done that, but but it was uh, quite a long time ago. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We and have a bed now. Backpacking, <laughs> like with a backpack on yeah. camping yeah. trails, but not on my bike. Um, I'm so, so I'm curious, like... Um, because you do have young children and you've been doing this for quite a while with young children. And I know that's a challenge that women often have is like, how do you do these big epic distances and these big events with a young family? Oh, I have a very supportive partner. We'll see how long it can continue. This year I'm trying to convince him to do the gravel ride too. So we'll see. And I, my, my parents live in Fernie as well. So that's super helpful. Um, my job, I work for myself, so it's flexible. I, hours so I can work at night or on weekends I mean then I just try to combine training like say for example with if we're going to the lake so then I'll be like okay well I'll meet you out there so it kind of combines it with us doing something as a family even though you know they stop along the way give me some you know it's kind of like a thing but it runs a bit then it's quite hard I mean doing endurance racing takes up a lot of time and whenever I kind of say I want to do an endurance race and my partner always says, yeah, you should do that. I was like, well, just remember it. Like the actual race isn't the hard part. It's for the family. It's the training, you know, and I don't get, I don't train probably as much as I probably should, but you know, you just have to train smart. And I guess like my chiropractor always says, it's always better to be under-trained than over-trained at the start line. So. Yeah. That's yeah. a good perspective. I had never thought about it that way. So. Yeah, I just always have to think, okay, well, at least I'm not overtrained and injured, right? So if you can just show up and I think about these endurance races too, it's it's kind of a mindset as well as a training thing. So I tend to like be okay with like the length. So that's helpful. But yeah, yeah it's not without its challenges, that's for sure. <laughs> I always like like Lael Wilcox's stories of the way she trains for like a ultra endurance event is she'll like ride her bike from 
Alaska to the start line. You know, like she just rides her bike a really long way. It's not like this super structured train because you're not ever like in super high heart rate zones when you're doing those endurance things day after day. It's just like, yeah, having the legs to do it. Yeah. For like for a really long time. I know it's crazy because she's done the, actually cheered her through Fernie because she did the tour divide and it comes right by my parents' house. So I was like outside. That's amazing. Like I have to be here when Lael comes across. Yeah. It's pretty intense. That race. I think it's amazing. I just watched that a documentary called Safety to Gnome. Have you seen that? It's about the Iditarod. Iditarod? It's that. No, but we just had Jill Martindale a few weeks ago who did okay. Iditarod last year as yeah. the pandemic was unfolding on the podcast and we were both just mouths hanging open it's, the entire. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good show. That was intense for sure. So cool. it's just, you should watch that documentary. What's it called again? It's called Safety to Gnome. And I just, it's on Amazon Prime, I think. And I was on my trainer and I just found it and started watching it and I couldn't get off the trainer until I finished. <laughs> just, I just couldn't believe, I mean, it's one thing to do these long endurance races, but then with those kind of uh, conditions, yeah. And then if it snows and you're on this bike, you have to just walk with your bike. That would be just so like heartbreaking and like, you know, and the frostbite. And, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You definitely have to get your mind in the right spot and you better know how to deal with those conditions. Exactly. Uh, the right gear. And, and you better want to be able to deal with those condition yeah <laughs> like there's the, that's it for me is it i may be able to learn all that stuff but i don't want to deal with it so <laughs> like, i don't want to deal with that kind of cold i don't like being you also cold. wear your puffy jacket at the beginning of a ride because you don't like to be cold i know <laughs> <laughs> but i don't go right outside when it's cold because i don't like to be cold <laughs> so we are not candidates for the iditarod christy <laughs> Yeah. I, I love to think that I am like, I have those moments where I'm like, Oh, I could do that. And then I'm like, yeah, no, who's what reality check. You, yeah. Well, you, you have to, that was the yeah. most interesting part about the documentary was that a lot of the people who were in it, the people who were most positive about it and succeeded were just like, this is a choice. I chose to do this, you know, yeah. and privilege. And I think that's, a good perspective you know if you're yeah, like, for yeah, sure. bad mind space sometimes out in the middle of nowhere then you're just saying actually this is something that I decided to do and you know how lucky are you to be in a position where you can just decide to take a couple of days to do something like crazy but yeah or weeks <laughs> or weeks yeah <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'm also curious just about, uh, you said you usually end up a little undertrained, which is better, but what, how do you train for like these longer stage races? Do you just try to keep your fitness in general all year? Do you do any specific training around it? Well, when I, the two, I've done the seven day trash jockeys twice. And those days I definitely, it's definitely nice to have like a, a bit of a base. So, um, like the year before I did the first one. I did a couple of like three day races and then you definitely have to keep your mileage through the winter. The winter is more just like base. Like, and I tried, I mean, I don't know. I make all this stuff up, but <laughs> I have some friends that are like real athletes. And so I asked them for advice, but then, so the winter I try and just to keep like that long and easy a bit. And then as soon as I can start riding on the trails, then 
I change my training and usually do like four week cycles, like a build cycle with three weeks build, one week kind of chill. Um, when I had kids, I kind of had to just do what I could, you know, and um, definitely getting to the point about a month before the event where I could ride like at least six days in a row with pretty decent mileage and feeling pretty good after that. Okay. Then I was like, okay, I think I'm okay. So, yeah. but the reality of it is like that, that year I ended up doing that and then I started tapering and then I ended up getting a massive flu and chest infection. And then I couldn't bike for like three weeks before the event and it was still fine. Yeah. But like it's mental because you have to, like I said, be like, drop the idea of training and be like, I just need to get better so I could actually do it. I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like that sometimes can be a barrier for people is like, you know, the, the thought of that many miles over that many days, but it's actually probably in some ways easier than like going to do like an unbound 200 miles all at once Mm -hmm. where you're in a race and you're on, you're like up against a time clock you know, because it is like a lot of like longer, easy days. You just have to like build up the mileage and mm-hmm. the ability to get back on your bike seat every day. <laughs> well, every day it feels like a race when you're in a stage race. So it is like, especially if you're maybe being, it does feel like a bit like a race, but I agree because it's like, cause I've done like, you know, like the Butte 100 or something. I definitely feel there's more pressure cause it is just one day. And then when you go into the stage race, it's like, okay, well, it's seven days, but every day you're trying to still, you don't want to overdo it because you know, you have days left, but everyone's like, it's kind of like, you're kind of being a bit competitive with, you know, your category or whatever. So, but it's just a balance. It's a very different mental game with the seven day. It's like you're doing the one day, right. Then you're just going to punch it. Well, there's no room for error in a one day. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Like if you get flat, that's the thing, right? Seven days, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. My partner's gears broke. I had a flat tire, but we got away with it. Not too bad, but we definitely have things that we had to work through. So, but yeah, you're right. You have more time on your side. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you said at the beginning, you, you also publish a magazine. That's Yeah. I publish, so we have a, this is our 15th year, actually. We publish a magazine called The Fernie Fix here in Fernie. Um, It's pretty fun. It's pretty nice to be able to do that. It's been a bit different with the pandemic, but it's still going, which is good. Is it an outdoor magazine or is it, what's it? It's a a community lifestyle magazine. So it does have um, an outdoor section, but it also has um, like an arts and culture section and health and wellness and so it kind of has all different components. Um, then we do like, cause Fernie is a big tourist town as well. So we do uh, guides as well for tourists uh, for summer and winter. Oh, oh cool. Damn. Yeah. Have you had a lot of tourists, like people traveling within the country this year because of the pandemic or has it been a little quieter? Like in summer, um, we were surprised it was actually extremely busy. Um, we live really close to Calgary, Alberta, which is a huge population base. And I think because people couldn't travel, um, we just, it was very popular. A lot of people who have second homes here who just came and stayed. So that's been quite busy. Winter's been a little bit different. We have a lot, I think we have more international travelers in winter to our community. So we've noticed that. There's also been some 
like right now in British Columbia, we're under a um, travel advisor, like not to travel, like just to stay local, unless it's um, essential travel. And I think other provinces have the same order. So it's quieter right now for sure. But luckily the ski hill is still operating. So it's nice. quite nice to have that. Yeah, it was like a good bad year for the outdoors, right? Because everybody discovered the outdoors, but then like a lot of my favorite places were really crowded. <laughs> and I was like, what are all these people doing here? <laughs> I know. It's just it's like you know, I'm involved with the Trails Alliance and Fernie, and we kind of were like, oh gosh, we need to, how are we gonna spread all these people around? How like you know, and then it kind of made you realize, oh, maybe we need to figure out additional parking and better signage and like have uh, bathrooms available at, at different trailheads because you kind of noticed, and I think it's going to be just as busy or busier this coming summer. So, yeah, I think you're right. <clears throat> I've, I've just found it funny because like, that's always been a passion of mine is to get people outside. And then like, well, I, I didn't mean it really. <laughs> <laughs> Not when I'm like, Oh wait, you, you, now you're listening. Or, I mean, obviously they're just doing what can, what, what works in their lives now. And I'm like, I didn't, there's a ton of people on this trail. I know yeah. it's funny. I know you're so it just kind of makes you laugh because you're like, well, great. It's awesome to see more people getting outside. That's the way it should be. But can you go when I'm not here? Yeah. <laughs> I've discovered early mornings are still good. Like people yeah. are like, they haven't, they don't know the early morning secret yet. Yeah. You just we revealed it, it, Catherine. Way to go. <laughs> not to people listening to this. They're already outside. Yeah. They're already doing early morning. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm super stoked. This is going to be your first year for the, the Grand Royale. Yeah. Um, what does registration look like? Are there still spots open? Um, what, what's the feeling with COVID and international travel? Do you have any insight into any of those questions? Whew, I don't know. I know they're really doing a push to try and um, have 30% female representation at the race, which is really cool. So That's actually- nice where they are with that. Um, and they did have some discounts available for women, which is neat. Um, I know it's going to be difficult for trans rockies because they definitely have an international, um, following, right? So we'll see what happens, but I think, I also feel like gravel biking has become so popular that they probably will attract enough people regionally to, uh, mm-hmm. so I hope that's the case. It might just be a bit different this first year. I mean, obviously it was supposed to happen last year, so it, and it didn't, but yeah, I think it'll be great for me. It's going to be a bit very different. I didn't even road bike before I gravel bike. So it's just a bit, I have some skill learning, I think this spring, but I've yeah, got a lot it is faster. It's faster. A yeah. More aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different, right? I need to get down to the drops. Yeah. It's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know our um, our podcast editor, Lindsay, she basically, I think the race starts out her front door. So she's planning to do it. And oh, Christine cool. and I were like, oh, we should do, we can't, probably can't go over the border because of the 14 day quarantine right now. So, yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, this is definitely on the 2022. Yeah, for sure. Like, I really list. want to see that area anyway. And I think the best way to see an area is on two wheels. So me too, <clears throat> you know, it's I think it'll be great. Like, it's one of those, like, we'll be passing a lot of places. Kind of just, you know, I remember in the trans Rockies, I would just say, 
look around because it's just so yep. stunning. Just like beautiful. Don't forget to look around. Yep, yeah. for sure. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Chrissy, where are you from then? I'm from Kansas. Um, oh. Yeah. I'm one of the folks that puts on Unbound Gravel, formerly DK. So oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They have lots of gravel out. It's Kansas well, that's, that's really all we have. <laughs> not, not as much in Atlanta. We have to drive a little ways. No, it's five minutes from my front door. So that's nice. Yeah. Maybe less if I'm being honest, but you know, saying three three minutes and thirty seven seconds sounds weird. So. <laughs> Well, Krista, if people uh, want to follow you and your adventures, are you on Facebook or Instagram or how can people connect with you? I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Just, uh, I think it's just Krista Tricasso or Kay Tricasso um, or the Fernie Fix as well. I post quite a lot of stuff. Okay. As well. So Fernie, I think it's just Fernie Fix magazine. Um, yeah. Awesome. We'll be posting a lot of stuff. We're going to be working with Trans Rockies to kind of promote um each day during the event so awesome so if if people can't get across the border this year they could follow along live in august and Mm -hmm. watch the day-to-day and then we'll all go next year perfect with our grizzly spray (laughs) agreed it'll be fine it'll be hot right the early mornings maybe might be the worrisome part but Uh, i mean I'm not sure what hot means in BC since I do live in Georgia. <laughs> but grizzly bears tend to, they tend to not be out in the, hot, the heat. So if you, if you give it, if you get in touch with the grizzly bear, it's usually like dusk or dawn kind of thing. That's or good. good to know. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> good to know. In grizzly country, right in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, girls. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, the next gravel race. Yes. Yeah, when you can come down to the U.S., you come down here, too. I'd love to. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.